Rewind with Oshin Langan. Welcome along. This is the Rewind on News Talk coming up. Paddy Mulligan on the opening weekend of the Premier League. He'll also look ahead to Dundalk against Legia Warsaw in the Champions League playoff round first leg. And he'll remember his friend Liam Tuohy, who sadly passed away this weekend. In hurling, we've got Ursula Jacob on Tipperary against Galway yesterday in the All-Ireland semi-final. And of course, Waterford against Kilkenny in the semi-final replay on Saturday night. Owen Kelly, James Woodlock and Adrian Ronan also share their opinions on those games. We will start with the hurling and a Saturday night's heartbreak for Waterford. As I say, Adrian Ronan to come, as well as Brian Cody and Waterford manager Derek McGrath. But first, this is how the commentary teams of WLR-FM in Waterford and KCLR-96-FM in Kilkenny described the finish. Obviously, differing emotions for both stations. Uh, on kclr Brendan Hennessy called the game. He was assisted by Adrian Ronan and former Kilkenny goalkeeper Mickey Walsh. While on WLRFM, it was Kieran O'Connor and former Waterford hurler Stephen Frampton. Tariq Mahoney, the eyes of Waterford are on you. It's 85 metres. It's 10 metres in. I'm not sure he'll get this. It's not easy. He takes it. Has he pulled it? Has he made it? Has it gone in? It's plucked out of the by Owen Murphy. Oh, oh that's it! Got over the crossbar by Owen Murphy. Kilkenny are just about to get to the All-Ireland the Rarda Richie going for distance going for his shot and Richie sends it over the bar the final nail in the coffin came from Richie and Kilkenny have beaten Waterford once again and the famine goes on for Waterford heartbreak here in Turles for the men in blue and white well, Kilkenny Paul Murphy game over that's win dollars Paul Murphy Richie Hogan it's over now he hits it Hogan Hogan Point. That's yes. it. Game set and match. Kilkenny. All of there. Even the doctor is dancing the jig down on the line. Richie Hogan has made a 219 to 217. He's not moving, Cody. The final whistle is gone. And Brian Cody shakes hands with Derek McGrath. Derek McGrath, two point loss against Kilkenny. I suppose the really frustrating thing is, is that's one you, you could have won. Yeah. More than frustrating. It's, it's devastating. It's, um, it's uh, I suppose, an accumulation of two years, three years thought, uh, work um, that the lads have put into it and um, unfortunately to come up short is, is, is just devastating, absolutely devastating. Is it hard to put your finger on what was the difference in the end? Because it's decided on such tight margins out there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, in actual, I, I couldn't really, and I don't, I don't even think in the aftermath I can put my finger on anything, you know, I think, I think that six minute period just before half time and Kilkenny nipped three points I think at the end of normal time should we say 34-30 seconds it was a level and Kilkenny nipped three points like that within the three minutes of injury time I thought that might be a factor later on but it wasn't kind of important that to the lads we just thought that was kind of a crucial period but when they go their traditional couple of points up for us to come back in a manner that we did I just felt we kind of had them if we were able to twist the knife but what do you say to the guys who give it absolutely everything they have who empty themselves who you know, mistakes are going to be made, decisions are going to be wrong, they're going to be right at times. And yeah. I think it was just a case of two teams going at it with absolutely everything on the line, and unfortunately we came out the wrong end of it, you know. Physically, are they still just that bit more ahead of you? Is that a big difference? Because there was a lot of times in the, the rucks and the fights for the dirty ball, they turned it over, they won it, and they turned it over and went up and got scores. Yeah, but six days ago we were coming out with those, and, and, and kind of, you know, to me it's just it's just a mindset. Physicality is a mindset in a way, in that in that it's just that want to get to the rocks, and our want was taught, and Kenny's want was taught, and they just happened to get to the rocks. I thought, I thought at the end of the first half, I thought we, were, we particularly on socks pockets, so that we were going two or three men under, and we were losing the break and ball there because we were so keen on getting on the ball. It was more enthusiasm to do the right thing and to get involved 
in the play that kind of killed us more than anything. But I think that's more experience than anything else. But we're as far away from a semi-final today you know, at this time than, than we ever were. You know. Is that kind of frustrating that that early period of the second half, you were going along with the puckheads and contesting them, but, but they were winning them and maybe yeah, with yeah. a little bit more experience, guys would go shorter work and keep the ball, yeah, keep it away and from and their danger. Yeah, and to a certain extent there, I think that's... that's a, Almost kind of ensuring that we go along, almost kind of not not to, not to trust our, our game that we've developed over the last three years, you know. And I think that's uh, that's certainly a point you could look at. But as I said, in the cold analysis of now in the tunnel of Thurles, a half an hour after, it's it's I'd normally be quite good at at at, at um, analysing it in my head, but it's um, I have to say it's it's distant now, you know. We were definitely better than we were last week, and we had to be obviously because even being better than last week, there was absolutely not a single team between the two teams. So. Walker outstanding team I just come from their dressing room obviously there's devastation there but like I said before the semi-final that when I look at Walford I don't see systems I see brilliant hurlers absolutely brilliant hurlers and they proved it again tonight and it's very very tough on them and we're very happy obviously You did really well on their puck out especially in the second half you won an awful lot of ball was that one of the, the, the key things that you kind of ran home at half time? Well I mean you, you kind of talk about everything like you, you try to you, obviously you try to win all you try to win all of those things in, in every game and it doesn't always work but um, we, we did improve on tonight for certain yeah and it, That kind of set up the platform though didn't it for the second half? If you like, yeah, if you like, yeah. But I mean, you set up the platform, then you have to deliver on the platform as well, you know. And I think that, I said throughout the field, we were good. We were, we were, we were full of drive and passion, I suppose, which we always have to be. And but I think our composure was very, very important tonight as well. Frank, you seem fairly displeased with some of the decisions in the first half. I think it was 7 2 to Watford um, on freeze. It's a big count, it's a big count. 7 2 is, is a fair, fair divide there. And um, look at, we won the game and. Um, I was animated I'm sure at different times so was Derek so was the lads in the stand I'd say or, uh, probably as well so um, any person who would survive being out there and failed to be animated would need to get checked up Adrian Ronan former All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny you've beaten Waterford by two points what was the difference in the end? Well we won more key positions than last weekend and we actually played like we normally do which we Obviously, the start that we got, the two goals were critical for us. For me, the two goals were critical. We started with a huge intent, and we got that cushion, and we put doubt in their minds. Now, equally, you have to give great credit to Watford. Watford started brilliantly as well. But all over the field, we decided that we'd make changes. We had them guessing our matchups. Watford were struggling for the first 20, 15 minutes trying to match up. They had specifically targeted certain players to mark certain men, but we were on the move the whole time, and I think that upset their rhythm for a long time. Three points, the difference at the break. It looked like Kilkenny were going to stretch it out and kind of run home with it early in the second half, but Watford steadied it talk to me about that second half and the ebb and flow of it because Waterford always looked like they were hanging on in there but Kilkenny always looked like they could stay cool and see at home they looked like Kilkenny always do yeah it was strange like last weekend Waterford were comfortably the best of team and they, they seemed to be uh, easily could have won the game and, and didn't pull away and this week it was reversed it looked like as you rightly said in the second half we seemed to be comfortable couldn't pull away and yet then the mental strength came into it again mentally we got it right again because you know Waterford came back 69 minutes 216 apiece and we could have easily dropped our heads just said this is it we can't do it again but we didn't and then the serious loss of Michael Fenley with 11 minutes to go was massive like. talk to me about the Kilkenny half back line we just spoke to Killian Buckley ourselves there he was playing it down but a Kilkenny player will always play it down especially when they're part of the current squad but they really dominated and they were the platform and again when we put that to Brian Cody he kind of again he didn't want to give too much praise to any one area of the pitch but 
but they really were a key they, I mean, they stood out as a line tonight they did but again when you mentioned our half back line they thought our midfield were critical that five that triangle that five TJ and Richie Hogan coming to the middle of the field were excellent in the middle of the field as you mentioned it TJ went back brilliantly deep and at different times Michael Fenley came to the so I'd actually give more credit to our midfielders this week last week we lost the battle in the middle of the field but today we won the battle in the middle of the field and that's from Waterford's puck outs it was essentially a half back line of five kind of thing it was it was a half back line of five we went back to our old style like last week Waterford pulled and dragged us all over the field but Richie and TJ and Michael Fenley at different times went to the middle of the field and if they didn't win the puck out you know they wanted the way so I think like that five for me was critical to the team and then the two goals that Conor Fenley got were outrageous but you know what I mean they were too brilliant to take goals when you look at this game and last week's game where are Kilkenny was last week down to Waterford playing well and maybe Kilkenny coming off a long gap and now you know they've had that extra game they've had tonight they've had the battle they're even more ready for the final or was it a case of maybe just maybe they're not as good as they were and okay they fought it out tonight but they're still vulnerable I wouldn't say Kilkenny are vulnerable no, no, no. mentally I actually couldn't I actually couldn't keep a straight <laughs> face I'll say that mentally we're hugely strong I mean I mean, I think we have to give great credit to Watford yeah. I, think, I think we have to give great credit to Watford Watford are an excellent team they were flat in the Munster final they had an off day they've proven how good they are but equally unfortunately for them we've proven that we're still as good as we have been maybe maybe not as individuals but mentally strong Cody talks about this spirit this unity and this mentality but we're mentally as strong as ever been. I think that's the amazing statistic for us this year as ex-players and supporters. Mentally, we're very strong. Maybe not as individuals or as good, but certainly as strong as mentally. And collectively, if you're strong, that's as good as being individually strong. We've seen plenty of counties with you know, better individuals, but they haven't succeeded, maybe. Can they always do? Whether they have a lot of you know, individual stars or a lot of guys who some would say are ordinary, maybe compared to some of the stars you have and have had. Well, over the years, people mentioned about the star individuals we had in Kilkenny down the years, in the 70s, in the 80s and 90s, but and even in the last generation of players with the individuals. But we still have very good individuals, but collectively, as you rightly said, we're mentally strong. Collectively, we're a stronger outfit and a stronger team. And I think the last two days have demonstrated that, both days. Last day, we were dead and buried, should have been gone. And today, 2.16 apiece, you know what I mean? It was easy to just drop the head, but they didn't. So I think that's where this team of Kilkenny has obviously picked up. It's, it's the mental collectors and their strength. I think that's where they've been stronger than ever. John McGrath turns his man brilliantly. McGrath on the 20, ball and stick approaching the 13. He's got bubbles inside him. Bubbles goes for goal. Oh, he bounces it into the back of the net. What a goal from John O'Dwyer. He's first of the championship this year. And with just under 10 minutes to go, Tipperary lead by one. 119 plays 215. Brilliant ball inside to John McGrath. John McGrath turns and chases it to go. Seamus Cameron. It bounced up to his hand. He didn't try and catch it. He didn't try and hit it with the stick. He hand passed the first time handball style inside to John McGrath, who took a hit, turned, and smashed it home. John is just a great forward, um, and he thinks like that. Um, you know, there's nothing complex about the way that John plays or anything like that. Uh, he is that what you like about him? Absolutely. You know, he, he just he's really honest. He he works really hard. Um, and he's 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 you know he's he's hard to break down for a backman. He's just working all the time, and he's constantly trying and probing. And sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. You know, but I thought he, you know he's he, he really really tried and led the line up there today, as the, as they as they all did. You know, a former All Ireland winner with Tipperary, Owen Kelly. You've just seen your own county beat Galway two nineteen to two eighteen at a fairly dramatic All Ireland semi final. What's your thoughts? It was yeah. Look, it didn't have the intensity that Walford and Kenny had the week before or last night. But, you know, I had great excitement there maybe for the last 10 minutes. You know, goals win games and Tipperary's two goals. 16 minutes by Bubbles after great teamwork by John McGrath. And then in 
the second, 60, 62nd minute, Bonner Maher into Seamus Canlon, into John McGrath back in late. And that really drove Tipperary on. I think they believed that they could win the game. It's just rolls reversed from this time 12 months ago when Galway snatched the win over uh, Tipperary. You could say Tipperary probably snatched a small bit of a win today on, on Galway, but those two goals was the defining moments. But, uh, you know, Galway look back and they'll say losing Joe Canning at halftime was a massive loss, which it was. Even Adrian Tuhi, who was super coming into the game against Clare. But, you know, um, people have a lot to work on. Four of the forwards didn't score from play. One of those, Seamus Gallon, you know, against Kilkenny. So, Tip will be just delighted to get over the line. They buried the kind of hoodoo that's there of the team that wins the Monster Championship running into an Ireland semi final. But Tip didn't play well today. Uh, I know they hit 219, but um, I think just got out of a hole. And I suppose a bit of excellence from Bubbles as well, who now will put himself in the frame to start the final. Um, you know, it was a tight angle, but he still nailed it when he got his chance. So, you know, Galway made it a, a super game as well. And uh, they'll, probably, they'll probably maybe rue look, the disappointment of losing Joe Canning definitely. One or two long range frees maybe he'd get. And uh, Cahill Mannion and Jason Flynn didn't come up to the heights that they did 12 months ago when they scored 10 or 11 points in play between them. So, Galway disappointed that come some of their key men were obviously out through injury and didn't perform and still only beaten by a point so you know roles roles reverse I think from 12 months ago Tipperary will need to improve massively for when they take on Kilkenny and even as we sit in Crow Park and watch Tipperary people file out along with the Galway people they don't seem to be jumping for joy on is that because they're up against Kilkenny in the final and they know how tough it will be and how good Kilkenny are and how, how even if you play well it's difficult to beat Kilkenny as we saw with Waterford over the last two games yeah they will say that and I think Tip's half forward will be disappointing today they really didn't get in stuck into that game win primary possession there you know they got their stroke a look with the two goals but then after 56 minutes I witnessed Brendan Maher coming up to the uh, forward line getting them to spread out because nothing was happening for them so he wanted them um, you know he wanted them to move around create space and usually when the team is forward line not going well they all bunch in together but as I said the goals dug them out for it but look Kenny sure going for three in a row so it's a massive it's a massive obstacle in the way and Tip didn't play great today so uh, you know they'll be in a nice position going in they'll be underdogs James Woodlock former Tipperary hurler All-Ireland winner along with Owen back in 2010 he's saying that Tip won today without playing particularly well they need to improve massively for the final against Kilkenny would you agree with that? Yeah I think we were stretched all over the place you know, for long periods I think we struggled behind all day and we struggled in front uh, I suppose up to the last 15 minutes the only time I seen panic in the Galway defence was maybe when the high ball two or three high balls came in after we scored the goals and also they probably thought it's going to be a repeat again high ball in we win it and uh, score but it looked like that our long ball that we've uh, worked on so well all through the Munster Championship wasn't working today but it came to fruition when Bubbles came on I think Bubbles is a massive introduction change the game for Tip because he, he, he took the emphasis off other players and off the defenders from Galway he had to be marked no matter if he was on the ball or not they had to keep an eye on him he seemed to have the strength to take on Kilkenny in the final you just maybe need the sharpness and today maybe that'll help regards building that sharpness and, tone, and, and, and kind of toning up yeah, I thought we were probably more physical. I thought Galway probably won a lot of physical battles there. Now I even see Carl Barrow coming out. Does that surprise you? Um, not with Galway, no. Galway are a big team. They're a massive team, you know. I uh, see Carl Barrow coming out. He's hardy now, might be the big man in the world. But I don't know if it's Niall Burke or Carl Mannion. He found it hard to get past him. But he's hurling, got him out of the, the corner he was in. So, you know, look, uh, Tip haven't matched Kenny's level of intensity for uh, X amount of times. And you've been on the, the wrong end of a, of a defeat then. So, you know, that's something to be worked on. And Nick Ryan has a stick now to beat his lads with for the next two weeks. You know, really, he needs to up the intensity. Uh, Bubbles 
Jones will come back into the frame. You know, he'll be a player that he'll be a score getter because forward forwards didn't score from play today. So if you go in against Kenny and forward forwards don't uh, get on the scoreboard, you're not going to stand a chance against them. So you know, look, it'll be probably a level playing field because Michael Fenley's loss is um, when he got injured just last night in the game. I said to myself, says that opens up the All Ireland for whichever team wins today. That's Tipperary now, so I'd give Tipperary a great chance. But Kenny going for three in a row, uh, Brian Cody, you know the the know-how of beating Tip and I suppose that hatred he has for Tip that's there it'll be it'll be evident on All-Ireland final day Former All-Ireland winner with Tipperary Owen Kelly speaking to the Rewind podcast here on News Talk in the aftermath of Tipperary's one point win over Galway in Crow Park on Sunday before Owen Kelly and indeed James Woodlock who stepped in to the piece with uh, Owen very briefly uh, while he was there with Tip FM, we heard from Adrian Ronan, the former Kilkenny hurler, on their win against Waterford on Saturday night. Also in there, we heard from Tipperary manager Mick Ryan, uh, Brian Cody of Kilkenny, and a heartbroken Derek McGrath of Waterford. Ursula Jacob, you were a neutral observer uh, in Thurless on Saturday night. We will talk to you about the Camogie double header that took place before Waterford and Kilkenny uh, in a moment. But first, what are your thoughts on the Waterford game? Is it one that... Uh, Waterford let slip or is it one that just Kilkenny dug out and that's what they do? Well look at uh, you, you you have to give full credit I suppose to Kilkenny on the on the night um they just really dug out such a gritty performance um they probably showed why they're the Ireland champions and the you know such an unbelievable game it was the atmosphere the intensity everything you know it was an unbelievable game to be there witnessing and, and you know, you have to feel just, you know, your heart breaking for Waterford because you nearly feel what what more do they have to do or can they do to, you know, get over the line against Kilkenny and, you know, I suppose it, it just shows us a game of inches and, you know, Owen Murphy's catch there from, from Parix free at the end, you know, just shows how close a game and an, and an encounter it was. But I suppose the damage maybe had been done in the first half with Colin Fenley's goals and, you know, that kind of really give uh, Kilkenny the advantage going in at half time, you know, three points up. So um, I think you know, within the first half, those two crucial goals really uh, paved the way for Kilkenny. Brian Cody said after the game, we heard him say it there a couple of minutes ago, they didn't do anything overly different. But that's not necessarily the case. TJ Reid and Richie Hogan were in different positions this week. Can you tell us what difference they made and what were the differences in what they would normally do? Well, I suppose TJ was really playing such a deep role, and you know, at stages you could you could see him playing in the in the Kilkenny half back line, and he was nearly a defensive role for for Kilkenny, and he did control things from back out there, and I suppose that led the way then for you know the likes of Blanchfield in on the corner and and Fenley to do the damage in, in the forward line, and then I suppose in the half forward line, you know, you uh, you had Mick Fenley and and Owen Larkin really you know steering. Uh, forward for for Kilkenny, but I suppose it was more significant seeing you know uh, TJ as I said back out so the, uh, you know deep in in the Kilkenny half um, and you know hitting in the long balls into the into the Kilkenny forwards. Derek McGrath absolutely heartbroken after the match. He said his team gave it absolutely everything. Was it just a bit of inexperience that maybe cost him in the end? Because there was times in the game where Kilkenny just made better decisions on the ball and when there was the kind of physical collisions and the rocks and the moles and whatever you want to call them. Kilkenny seemed to handle those better than Waterford. Is that just a physicality thing? Is it a mentality thing? Is it an experience thing? What is it and how much difference did it make? 
Well, I suppose, look, at, you know, Kilkenny's experience at the end, maybe, you know, got, got, got them over the line. Um, I suppose Watford maybe, re, you know, reverted back to bringing out their players a little bit, you know, towards the, you know, out towards midfield and that again. And, you know, it, it left the likes of Paul Murphy, you know, pretty free then in the full back line then to, to sweep across and clear the ball. And, you know, in fairness, like Morris made a massive difference when he came in. But uh, I just felt maybe at the end, you know, they needed to push up that bit more again. And, you know, unfortunately, that in the Tron game, that was probably the, the same case as well. And, you know, they look at, you know, you, you have to say there was a bit of luck there as well. They were fierce on luck. And you know, experience may be tall in the end, but as I said, I think um, Kilkenny just dug it out, and uh, uh, they just you know probably deserved it slightly in the end. Maybe let's talk about Sunday's match: Galway losing out to Tipperary. Uh, the loss of Joe Canning and Adrian Tuhi at half time was a massive blow to Galway. Then you throw in Bubbles coming off the bench, John O'Dwyer coming off the bench, and that's really what swung it for Tipperary. Those two massive things. Yeah, well, look at, like, uh, you know, Joe Cannon is, I suppose, the main talisman for Galway in the last number of years. And, you know, he's been having a consistently good year. And, he, he you know, he was influenced a lot of the Galway play in the first half. And I suppose when everyone seen him going down injured, they knew it, it looked pretty bad. And the same with Adrian, too. He, he had been getting in a lot of hard work and tackles uh, in the first half as well. So to lose two players like that was obviously going to be a big blow for, for Galway. And I suppose they were more reliant on some of the other forwards to step up. And now in fairness, you know, credit to David Burke midfield. You know, he was outstanding and he really led from the front. But I suppose... The, the bit of cuteness uh, from, from Bubbles when he came in, you know, it was a really, you know, outstanding goal and well worked in from, from John McGrath as well. And, you know, he, he, I, I, that really paved the way for, for Tip in the end. And then the couple of minutes later when John McGrath himself finished to the net, you know, um, having an experienced player like Bubbles to come on and into the team, I probably felt that he should have maybe been in the, he, he either should have started or maybe should have came on a bit earlier. Um, but I suppose when he did come on, he really, uh, you know, made an impact. And, you know, that's what got, you know, tip over the line in the end. It seems nigh on impossible to not start him against Kilkenny in the final now from the Tipperary point of view, doesn't it? Or does it? He- yeah, well, to be honest, look, at I, I think a player of his experience and his ability and, and his skill, I think he has to start against Kilkenny. You, you can't, you can't just hold back and, you know, wait for things to happen or wait until the second half. I think you have to go all guns blazing and it's going to be so vital for Tip in the final to get you know, the the strong start and I think Bubbles is going to be key to this, you know, um and especially when it looks like, you know, Mick Fenley is most likely going to be ruled out of the final. You're going to tip are really going to have to push on from the start and, you know, Bubbles is so versatile, he can play anywhere in the forwards, he can score from both sides, um and it's someone that Kilkenny would have to be mindful if he is going to be on. So I think he's going to have to be started, um, based on how he did when he came on uh, yesterday. Given Kilkenny's dominance in a result sense against Tipperary in the last couple of years and their ability to beat Tip and find a way to beat Tip or an ability to find a way always to beat Tip how do Tipperary approach this final do you address that do you not address that do you just concentrate on tactics what do you do from the Tipperary point of view 
Well, look, I suppose people are going to have to, you know, obviously worry, you know, focus on themselves and worry about, you know, how they're going to approach and, and uh, get themselves right for this final. They're going to take great confidence both from the Munster final, win against Waterford and also um, against uh, Galway yesterday. You know, that that win yesterday is going to stand to them. They didn't maybe go all guns blazing there in, you know, the first half or whatever, but they finished strong. They took over some nice scores and Galway were, were coming back at him strong, but you know, some of the leaders like, you know, Parik Mara from the half-back line really stood up. So firstly, you know, they're going to take confidence from that and look at, you know, some of the areas they maybe need to work on themselves. I suppose going into Kilkenny, they're going to be so familiar playing them in, in a final and, you know, they've played each other in the last few years, you know, on numerous occasions in the final. So they're going to know and expect that, you know, Kilkenny, when it gets to a final, they're going to be extremely hard to, to beat, obviously, but they're going to take confidence too that, you know, they've had a very good run in the championship this year as well. They're maybe going to look back on the Kilkenny Waterford game and see maybe some of the areas that Waterford exposed, you know, Kilkenny and, um, they're going to know that they're going to have to get a good start, especially against Kilkenny, um, and trying to get the likes of Seamus Callanan, you know, really into the play from the start. And as I said, the likes of John, John McGrath and, uh, Bubbles O'Dwyer, you know, really taking on the Kilkenny defence because mm. look, we've seen in the Watford Kilkenny game when the likes of Austin Gleeson took on the defence, Jake Dillon, you know, Brick Walsh, you know, when you really take on the Kilkenny defence, they can be broken down at stages. And this is something I think Tipper going to target. Let's talk about the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Camogie semi-finals. There was a double header in Thurles on Saturday. The first game, rather a dour one. Cork beating Wexford 19 points to 15 after extra time. First things first, Ursula, you don't think there should have been extra time? No, I, I just feel that, you know, the four teams, you know, uh, have trained so hard all year. I think, uh, they, you know... All four teams had given, you know, a very tough performances, you know, on Saturday and they're after playing, you know, an extremely tough 60 minutes. And the fact that there's a four week gap between now and the, and the final, I just think at our Ireland semi-final stage, I just, uh, I think it should go to the replay, to a replay. Like look at the Harlan replay, uh, you know, was six days later. I don't see why it couldn't have happened for, uh, for the, the two semi-finals there at the weekend as well. You know, it's very tough to continue to play another 20 minutes on top, on top of playing, you know, a tough 60 minutes. And I just feel that I think, you know, an All-Ireland semi-final, it should be a replay. Um, you know, whatever about an All-Ireland quarter-final or whatever. Um, but at semi-final stage, it definitely should go through a replay. Now let's talk about the game itself. Wexford didn't help themselves, did they? Their approach was somewhat baffling. Yeah, look, you know, I suppose the obvious thing taken from the, the Wexford and Cork game at the weekend was, I suppose, Wexford were, were quite defensive and, you know, leaving a player of uh, Jim O'Connor's, you know, calibre centre-back relatively unmarked for most of the game, um, you know, was, I suppose, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, a great tactic from the Wexford point of view because, you know, Gemma has been consistently an incredible player for Cork uh, and one of the best, you know, commodity players that there ever has been, you know, in recent times. And, you know, she's so, she's so intelligent of a player and to leave her on mat, uh, you know, just was a bit baffling at times because Wexford were looking to get the scores. They were looking to get into the likes of Kate and Una Lacey in the full forward line. But Gemma just swept across that half back line all day. And, you know, she really was the launch pad for a lot of Cork scores at the weekend. For Cork, they battled through, but it wasn't a classic performance. 
No, and but the only thing is, you know, Cork will be happy enough. They maybe, you know, it was a flattish enough performance at times from Cork, I felt, and maybe the, the four-week gap is a bit of a, you know, tell tell sign for this, but they'll be happy enough knowing that they, they dug it out at the end. You know, some of their, their players like Breach Cork moving out the field, um, Orla Cotter and Ashton Thompson got on top, you know, midfield, in, especially in, in extra time. And they'll, you know, they'll take confidence that they're back in Crow Park, they're going for the three in a row. Um, even though they didn't perform to maybe their capabilities at the weekend, they'll know that, um, you know, they're back in the final and, you know, they really go out and express themselves in Crow Park and they're going to be very hard to beat, you know, at that stage too. And they're up against Kilkenny, who overcame Galway 3.15 to 1.19 again after extra time. Yeah, you know, I suppose the, the Kilkenny Galway match, we, we knew that going into this game, it was going to be very tight between these, you know, two teams having. Uh, met already twice this year, uh, Kilkenny, the victors in the league final, and then Galway had beaten them in the group stage. So it was always going to be a, a, quite a tight fair, but I felt going into this game that Kilkenny were going to just edge it, and, you know, they had that bit more fire, uh, you know, scoring power in the forwards. And, you know, it was proven again at the weekend, you know, um, Michelle Quincy really came to the fore, Shelley Farrell got a great goal, you know, to, to, to get Kilkenny into a great lead. And I suppose two, two key players in the forwards that really, you know, set up a lot of the scores at the weekend. Katie Power and Anna Farrell were excellent and they're ball winning from, um, you know, Kilkenny's puckouts and, and the Kilkenny backs was, was brilliant. And I suppose you can't, you know, forget Denise Gall played a, you know, really starring, um, performance at the weekend from midfield. You know, she was absolutely excellent from, you know, from her freeze, but also, you know, her intelligence, you know, with hitting in good balls to the forwards. And, you know, obviously Anne Dalton was pivotal to Kilkenny's win too. You know, she was back centre back, a new position for, I suppose, this year. And, you know, her goal from the sideline proved, you know, invaluable to Kilkenny in the end. Yeah, that was very unfortunate for Susan Erner, the Galway keeper. They're the most horrible balls to deal with as a keeper. The ball that just hops in front of you and she was caught out. The line ball by Ann Dalton, it was really well struck. It hopped in the small square and just evaded Susan Erner. Yeah, it just shows, you know, unfortunately when you make one small mistake in, in the goal, it, it, it can cost you at times. And, you know, Susan ha- had been playing well in the first half. She'd made a good save, um... You know, from Michelle Quilty, you know, I know Michelle went on to score a goal, but, you know, it was a very unfortunate uh, goal from a Galway point of view, but I suppose Anne Dalton, you know, really went for it. She hit a great line ball across, and I suppose Susan maybe had uh, couldn't really see the ball coming in. Uh, Sarah Darwin maybe was in her, in her eye line, so... You know, it was an unfortunate goal from Galway's point of view, but, you know, Kilkenny just really kind of stuck at it. And the one worry, I suppose, from Kilkenny, they, they kind of failed to push on in normal time when they kind of seemed to be in control of the game. Um, they they couldn't seem to just drive on past Galway. And this is something that they're going to have to work on going into the final against Cork. No All-Ireland title for Kilkenny since 1994. The last time they won one, and Downey, their current manager, was their captain. They've lost a number of finals since. Um, kind of the same question about Kilkenny going into this one as there is maybe about Tipperary going into the hurling. Does previous baggage have anything to do with it, or how do you like how do you approach it? Because you would have had maybe similar issues back in was it oh eight this Wexford team won its first All Ireland. Yeah, well, you know, like when we won our first All Ireland in, in 07, we were going in against, uh, you know, a strong car team who were, you know, ironically going for the three in a row as well. And 
that year Wexford I suppose were a young young kind of unknown enough kind of team going in against the, the Reign and All Ireland champions and I suppose it's pretty similar you know for this year Kilkenny are bringing in you know a number of new you know young guns coming into the team the only thing is you know they're they're kind of a team who are after maturing in the last couple of years and the young girls that have come in kind of don't have this fear about you know playing in the big games either you know they've performed consistently good this year you know, they had a small blip against Galway earlier in the in the in the championship. But you know, they they um they won the league comfortably uh this year and they've had a pretty good run um in the in the championship today. Now going in against Cork, look, they played two years ago and, and Cork ran out six points winners that day. Um and you know, Cork are not going to fear playing Kilkenny. They know they, they've beaten them at this stage, you know, uh, as I said two years ago. But Kilkenny on the other hand you know, I just think there's maybe, um, as I said, a maturity about them this year. I think Anne Downey has come back in. She's a strong backroom team with her. You know, she knows that she was involved back in 2009 when, when they lost to Cork in the final as well. She knows that they've got a big battle, you know, against Cork. Um, but I think she's going to be working to, to, to their advantage um, in trying to expose some of Cork's weaknesses and, you know, they're going to look at the, the Wexford and Cork game and see where, where they can uh, kind of um, you know, really threaten Cork. Now, Kilkenny have a very balanced team as well, um, and they're going to take great confidence that they came through a tough battle against Galway. And you know, Cork, as I said, are going to be going in as strong favourites. But you know, I think it's, I think Kilkenny, you know, are are going to be really there thereabouts if they can just, you know. I think the, the key to the to the All Ireland final this year is who's going to win the the midfield battle. You know, Orla Cotter and Ashton Thompson are a really strong force uh, from midfield, and they create a lot of play for the the Cork forwards. And I think if Kilkenny can really get on the top the top side of this, I think they're really going to be within uh, a good chance of beating Cork. And Anne Downey, eyewitness of year win back in 07, and I know that because she was my co-commentator yeah. on the day. Uh, big weekend, by the way, also in the TG Cahar All-Ireland Ladies Football Quarterfinals. Mayo overcoming Westmead 210 to 111, so they go on to the semi-finals. Dublin also through 113 to 27. They beat Donegal. Sinead Hearn with 1-6 for Dublin last year's beaten All-Ireland finalists. Ursula Jacob, uh, looking forward to previewing the All-Ireland Camogie final between Cork and Kilkenny and the All-Ireland Hurling final between uh, Tip Rary and uh, sorry, beg your pardon, between uh, Kilkenny and Cork with you in the coming weeks here on the Rewind podcast on News Talk. But uh, for now, thanks for joining us. No bother. This is the Rewind on News Talk. I hope you enjoyed the hurling weekend. It was quite exciting. Uh, big football weekend to come. Mayo playing tip this Sunday in the All Ireland semi final. And of course, on Saturday afternoon, it's the Borgosh Energy All Ireland under 21 hurling semi final. It's a double header between Waterford and Antrim. You'd expect Waterford to win that one. Uh, in the second game, it's Galway against Dublin. That's somewhat harder to call. A lot more on that to come across the week on newstalk.com forward slash sport. By the way, Olympics-wise, this being a weekly podcast, it's kind of pointless doing anything on the Olympics. It all moves so fast, but you can keep an eye on everything that's going on on newstalk.com forward slash sport. And obviously, every night from 7, off the ball, we'll give you the latest and uh, have all the biggest stories from Rio. Right now, it's time to talk football with Paddy Mulligan. He'll uh, review the Premier League's opening weekend and of course Arsenal fell at the first hurdle losing 4-3 to Liverpool uh, Arsene Wenger the Gunners boss though isn't particularly happy with how his side are physically at the moment given how many of them were away in France at the Euros but then again every team in the Premier League could nearly have the same complaint anyway here's what Wenger had to say about 
his players coming back and how they are physically. Second half, we had a combination of many factors. I believe that uh, we lacked experience. We dropped physically a lot, and some players are not completely ready uh, physically to cope with the physical intensity we face today. All right, Paddy. So that was Arsene Wenger. Uh, discussing why he left out a number of players I think most uh, the one that kind of jumps out is Lauren Koscielny at the back because they had so many injuries um, I think I know you said it to me before like back in your day there was none of this resting stuff um, you would like if if you were playing in a tournament you'd kind of be back for the first game of the season you know there wouldn't be any kind of stoppages I guess uh, then your opinion of Wenger dropping a number of players from, that were involved in Euro 2016 you wouldn't really see that as a I can't understand why these yeah. players didn't turn around to Wenger and say, look, I'm fine, I want to play. Because that's what they should be doing. That's what, you're, that's what you're paid to do, is go and play. Not to be sitting up and stand in your suit, as, as uh, Kochelny was doing yesterday. I'm not saying he would have made much difference to the Arsenal back four, but at least there might have been a little bit of, 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 of uh, solidity there, which was not there yesterday. And which, well, which, which really hasn't been in the Arsenal back four for quite some time. But however, I, I, it, it's, it's real excuse time. And and it's 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 it, the dog wagging the tail. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And I've 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 no time for that sort of carry on at all. Good bad. I don't know what Wenger is thinking of it. It's 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 beyond me. That why these people need a rest is 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 crazy. At the start of the season, they need a rest. They're tired. Oh, well, no, maybe no, I can't you know, I can't buy that. Maybe with the Aaron Ramsey injury, there was because he did go off now, but he has kind of issues with hamstrings, for example. So and they he, all appear that quite a few of them appear to be. Look, Wiltshire has gone again. You yeah, know, he was on the bench there. Yeah, actually, but he's, yeah. he's not starting. No. You know, so why why isn't he starting? If he's that good, why isn't he starting? Well, he was there. You know, he was involved he, against Iceland. So. Yeah, he was. There, <laughs> yeah, he was. He was there in spirit, and that, and, and that was it. Yeah. We can all be there in spirit. No, I mean Arsenal. Arsenal right now, and it's only after one game, and it, it's always uh, it's always a bit tricky to make make a judgment call on on the one game. But they're they're in trouble because I think this is the fourth year in succession they've lost their first game of the season, and I think they're all be, they've all been at home. Uh, I know that West Ham beat them last year and Villa beat them previous year. I think it might have been Sunderland beat them the previous year, but I'm not 100% on the, on the Sunderland one. Um, so he, he's in a bad place. He's starting off from a situation whereby they've already dropped three points at home. And I know there's a long, there's 37 more games, so I understand all of that. But it's not good for morale. Yeah. And it's not good for the crowd getting on their back at, at the end. It's, not, it's certainly not good for Wenger. And of course, the, the, the thing with Wenger, as, as I see it anyway, is that he's, he's untouchable. At Arsenal, because he runs the whole operation. Yeah. Now somebody has got to stand up and say, "Why are you spend the money?" I, I can't figure out for the life of me that he hasn't bought defenders and he hasn't bought a top striker. I cannot. It's 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 it's, <laughs> it's, it's so obvious what has to be done, and it's not yeah, being no, I, like the, the and it's not being done. Their needs are obvious, but then like when you actually do think about, it, you're actually looking who's actually a top class striker today that would be attainable. Because again, you could throw money at say a Robert Lewandowski, he probably wouldn't want to leave Bayern Munich. Also, he'd be yeah. like the, the and expense. that's the sad part about it because yeah. people are not going to Arsenal anymore. Yeah, where there were where where, where years years back to where they were jumping to go to uh, go to the Gunners. But they're not. They're not doing that anymore, and and and, and people are, are refusing. A bit like what, what what happened to Liverpool. Now Arsenal have no excuse. They're in, they're in the Champions League every year. Yeah. But at Liverpool, they weren't in the Champions League, so you can understand players not wanting to, to go because the Champions League is the be all and end all. Forget about the Euros. Nearly forget about the World Cup. But the Champions League is where where the yeah. players want well, to be. I suppose in the sense, like for example, they were linked with Higuain, and he went to Juventus for ninety million. Yeah. In today's prices, it's a bit. That's that's good. Good. But like, it's crazy money. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And if on a matter of principle, 
that they're not spending that money, well, then I would I, I, I admire Arsenal. Yeah. But the situation that they're in is if if it's it's really a catch twenty two. If they don't buy, they're going to be criticised. Yeah. If they do buy, they're going to be criticised. So it's, it's it's really it's really a bit of a mess, and uh, the club have got to decide which direction uh, that they're going in. Now, can they get somebody somebody cheaper who'll do a reasonable job for them? Well, that's the that's the that's the next question for them. Yeah. Um. So I would be worried about them. Liverpool. Did they impress you at all? Because I, I saw no, a lot of, I saw a lot of pro Liverpool pundits were kind of like, there's a lot of good signs here, and obviously they did uh, acknowledge the defence is still a mess. yet yet again, and it has been for yeah. years. It's not just today nor yesterday this has happened. And Moreno is an absolute walking disaster. <laughs> he has got no football intelligence, good, bad, or indifferent. I would not let him pay into Anfield to watch a match. <laughs> Never mind actually play and get paid to put in performance like that. He's got absolutely no control over his, uh, over his emotions. He does not want to tackle. He, he does not want to play a, a nice gentle ball into a front man. He doesn't know how to get under cover. He just can't defend. And why he's in the team, it, 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 it's, it's beyond me. Say yeah. that Bill Shankly, Bob Paisley, Joe Fagan, uh, Roy Evans and these people are, 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 are cringing at, at, at the sight of that because it is just. It's 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 frightening that a left back can doesn't learn. Yeah, he's making the very same schoolboy errors. As a matter of fact, it's an insult to a schoolboy. A schoolboy wouldn't make those errors as he as he as he was at day one, and he's still doing the same thing. Dives in when he shouldn't be diving in. Has no composure. Gets himself forward when a Liverpool person hasn't got control of the ball, and he goes running into no man's land where he can't possibly get the ball. It's it just it was impossible from the for for Alana to find him with a ball. So where where are you running to? The rule of thumb as a defender is and, 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 and as a full back, when players on the opposite side of of the pitch, you're in you're in a covering position. Modern game or no modern game, that's what has to be done. And uh, the same for the right back. If somebody is broken down the left, you've got to come in and cover just in the off chance because you're always as a defender, you always have to sense danger. He couldn't even spell the word Moreno in either Spanish or English. It wouldn't make any difference. It's just, <laughs> he's just a horrible, horrible player. And then yeah. this stupid uh, uh, bit of hair on top of his head. They call them man buns. I beg your pardon. For me, I'd want to get a grip himself as well with that, with that stupid hairstyle as well. No, no, I'm not, not into that at all. If you, you, you'll only get away with that if you can play. Yeah. So you better start playing, lads. And I, I can't see Moreno ever play. Firmino has a chance, but Moreno. Definitely not. And why Klopp hasn't gone and, and gotten a left back is beyond me. Yeah. I see that Hector now, the, the German fullback, is after signing a new contract. That's him. That's him gone by the way. The one I was surprised at, John Flanagan, they let go. Yeah. Home. And he, 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 he at least he, can defend. He might well, not he be can defend. Forward. No, yeah. but he, he can defend. Yeah. And he is, he's a real out and out defender. When he, when he came back from, from that horrific injury that, that, that he's had, you know, he was smashing. He got his tackles in. He knew how to, he knew how to cover. He, he knew when to get into the covering position. He knew when to go forward. He knew when to stay back. He knew when to play it. And I'm, I'm amazed. Moreno should have been the one going out. Not, not, uh, not John Flanagan. Yeah. Because um, John Flanagan is a natural defender. Moreno wants to bomb up and down that line. Fine. I have no problem with that. Bomb up as, 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 as much as you like. As long as you're doing But no, yeah. with that, when it comes to defending, you got to have your smarts about you, and yeah. it, it just it just doesn't have it. Um, no, Liverpool were, were were very very poor in the first half yesterday. Yeah, let's not let's let's be very let's be very think, real think about the this. The free kick changed the game anyway. And, yeah, and Coutinho's wonderful free kick it was a magnificent free kick. 
but he hadn't now, been in the game before that. He hadn't, he hadn't done a tap. He was great after the, no, uh, the goal went in. But no, no, yeah. no Liverpool player had done anything, uh, as far as I could see, in, really, in, in no. the games. They'd done nothing. Nothing, nothing in midfield, which was frightening. Uh, Manny, Manny was running around, fair enough, uh, but, but to, to no great purpose. Um, Henderson, the same. Lalana was all over the place, as he, as he usually is. You know, they talk all English international. Yeah, well, we saw was why England were in the Euros. So that's no great claim to fame. I'd be, I'd be hiding that one. I can tell you. Um, so it was only in the second half where, uh, when Liverpool uh, and, and then uh, Walcott missed a penalty. But in fairness to him, he Corsi, showed a lot of composure Corsi. afterwards. Thanks to Moreno, partly. Thanks very, very much. Thanks to Moreno twice. Yeah, Walcott had the opportunity to get two goals. And he only got one out of the two. The penalty was an absolutely pass back, dreadful, dreadful penalty. Yeah, and 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 Moreno. Oh, just diving in and then not getting in in the cover not knowing where you are. Oh, stop, don't get me going about him again. Before okay, I, so we move on to a happier thought. We, thoughts we, we moved on to Coutinho. Coutinho got two smashing goals Yeah, and that and that, that, that was really it yeah, and that's, that's what got him out of jail. He's yeah. got to contribute an awful lot more. He's got to get on the ball an awful lot more in midfield. You know, and, and, and when Chan came on, he improved He improved it slightly. Lallana the same. Lallana got a goal but he's got so much more work to do so if Liverpool, if Liverpool think that they're in an easy street, well, they, they have another thought coming to them because they're they're far from it. Manchester United uh, won as they please. They won and they won quite well. Yeah, the won only as they thing please. I thought Bournemouth were really, really poor, which maybe contributed to that. I've gone for them to be relegated. Really, Bournemouth, Watford, and Burnley. I would and have the, put Hull maybe in there. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason that I've gone for Bournemouth is because the nightmare end they had to their season. They only scraped their relegation. Uh, I think they finished 16th. That's not good. Eddie Howe, and they're talking about all the attractive football. You can play all the attractive football in your own half that you want, if you want to call that attractive football. I don't call it attractive football. I call it attractive football getting into the opponent's box, getting shots on target, getting ball in the back of the net, winning 2-1 or winning 1-0, and, and, and defending uh, uh, like, like as if your life depended on it. That's what, that's what I call and that's not happening with Bournemouth and if, if, if that's a, 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 a preview a sneak preview of what the season has ahead for Bournemouth they're in deep deep trouble because Man United were never out of, out of first gear which was, yeah. which was quite embarrassing got a, United got a few lucky breaks uh, um, the first goal with Francis uh, all over the place the centre half of, of, uh, of Bournemouth all over the place but for, you know give Matt a credit he followed up on it and, 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 uh, and Francis going, went and conceded the goal and then Rooney uh, got a got a miss hit from Martial that he, t- he took very well headed in the back of the net, but it was a total miss hit from Martial it was going about twenty twenty five yards wide. You know, so they got a, they got a lucky break there. Then Ibrahimovic got his goal, and it's come from the right hand side and it's gone all the way across the goalkeeper. And I'm saying, what's the keeper doing? And then he dies when the ball is in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the the, the goals were they didn't they didn't carve open Bournemouth. Uh, but they've they've still gone on one three one, so they're they're going to be happy. But Mourinho won't be happy with the perform. I wouldn't think he, he won't be happy with the performance from United yesterday. Yeah, which uh, I could have probably said about City in a way as well. And City, they, City, they, City, there are some very good same. things, but I just it, no City, again, City, City are very much, yeah, yeah, City, City are very much all over the place as well. And if yeah. if, if Guardiola is impressed uh, as he appeared to be after the game with, with Sterling. Well, then he's got a long, he's an awful lot to learn, Mr. Guardiola, I'm afraid. You have a look at Sterling. He's got, he, he, I can't say that he'll tear Guardiola's hair out because he's done, he's done there to tear out. But whatever is left of, of it, uh, Pep, you're going to tell you where you're going to need it. Yeah. And you're going to need an awful lot of patience because Sterling will drive you demented. 
I think the biggest thing from that game was the way he used the full backs and that they were almost in midfield. Yeah. Which, when they, when which they, I've when, only seen him really do. That's right. And he, he's done that at Bayern. Bayern he, yeah. did it at, he did it a bit at, at, uh, at Barcelona as well. So it's going to take the, the full backs, Sanya, like Sanya and Clichy, uh, Zabaleta, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, uh, getting used to. Yeah. Um, but it, it, look at and also they've got John Stones at full back who was at, at centre half I should say who left his defensive role to come out to where I don't know and left the phone is on thank you very much Mr. Defoe says it sticks in the back of the net so 50 million for a defender who can't defend 49 million for, for, for Sterling who can't kick a ball or head a ball correctly 100 million on Merseyside wonderful stuff well done Everton and well done Liverpool you, you, you certainly you hit the jackpot there lads I'll by tell that, you that much that standard, people are turning around and saying well Stones Stones will learn I'm waiting for him to learn because yes he's comfortable on the ball and yes he looks stylish in the ball and that can cover a multitude yeah. but his first job is to defend and unless he starts defending and learning quickly under Guardiola and that Guardiola recognises what, what he's after getting yeah, that's the next trick, and you would you would you would expect that a man in his position would recognise all of this, and would get to work on it straight away, and would have known what what where Stone's weaknesses were, and would have known what Sterling's weaknesses were, because now with videos and all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff, you can go and check out in these pairs and see what they're see what they're good at, see what they're not good at. It's not like when you in the olden days you'd be going to a match and and hoping that he he might turn something on, and then you just have your memory or your notes to to to, to go to. But these days you've got every every. Every bit of of of, of engineering, yeah. uh, ingenuity to, to to go and help you along the way, and it's it's going it's going to be an interesting season. Yeah, that's, no, that's it's just it interesting. They went. and I hope it's not just interesting for the managers. Yeah. I hope the players start start standing up. Yeah, and and and, uh, and be counted because uh, it, it it shouldn't be about the manager. It shouldn't be about Guardiola. It shouldn't be about uh, Wenger. It shouldn't be a, about Mourinho. And it shouldn't be about Klopp. You know, or Koeman. Or 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 or, or Pochettino at, at Spurs. It should be about the players, and let's hope the players stand up because the Premier League, you know, it needs a real boost because after after the past few seasons, it's been it's been horrible, particularly in Europe, which is where Dundalk are hoping to get into. Um, well, they're they're kind of in Europe now, but I mean into the Champions League group stages. Uh, Led, yeah, Ledger Warsaw mm. would be a brilliant story. Oh yeah, um, be the very best. Yeah, well done, uh, Stephen Kenny and the lads. It's been it's been a fairy tale so far. But to say it will be a victory for Irish football might be pushing it too far. There's kind of, there, I don't know if you've been following kind of the debate between, I suppose, the FAI on one hand and then there's and like the Brian Care and clubs and yes. people on the other side of things. And like, what would it mean for Irish football if that happens? Like, I mean, should it be taken as a victory for one particular group or should it not? Or where do you kind of see it? No, it, 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 I, I think it should be taken against all of the odds. It should be taken as, as as a victory for for all of the, all of the league. Yeah, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, and, and uh, I, I I would I would love to see I would love to see more money being pumped in in the right areas, not just pumping money for the sake of pumping money and and putting in good uh, good money after bad. There's no there's no point in, in doing that either. But have it have it structured and know exactly what's uh, what's going on and where you sh- where, where the improvements are needed. Because it's it's wonderful to see them dock or or any League of Ireland team for that matter. Shells years ago playing Deportivo La Coruña, you know, and, and doing doing really well around what was it two thousand and three, two thousand and four season or thereabouts. And uh, and now them docker up there, oh, you know, it's 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 just absolutely wonderful. And uh, let's hope that they get the right result now on Wednesday. It's going to be very difficult against Legio Warsaw. Let's be very especially they're coming off the back of two that. defeats themselves. I mean, Dundalk. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you see, you're got, unfortunately you're going to get that. They're on such a high. 
after after winning in Europe. They go down to Galway and and, and they get done uh, one nil. Then they go to Bray, yeah, and they get beaten two one. You would yes. have thought, well, they've learned from the Galway situation, but it, it 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 can be it can be very very difficult. You've got to have a lot of experience, and, yeah, because this and, is the biggest game of their lives. Possibly, but with the second yeah. leg taken in as well, so and obviously the, it's natural to take the yes, eye off. Yes, and the with ball, the best will in the world, I mean, they they were thinking about who who they were going to meet next. Yeah, yeah. Was it going to be Legio Warsaw or who was it going to be? And now it, it is Legio Warsaw. So now, lads, you put all that to bed. You know who you're playing, and let's go and and, and get out, get out and produce. I'm sure. I'd say Stephen Kenny was very, very disappointed. Maybe not so much after the Galway defeat, because that was a few days after after the the, the great victory, but. They had time the then. To, they had time to to regroup and get themselves sorted out then. And the Bray one, I say, was 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 a bit of a kick in the teeth to him. But look, at it's it's happened. Uh, there's still five or six points ahead with a few games in hand. So it's it's nothing. Nothing is lost yet. Yeah. And they can concentrate totally now on Wednesday and Wednesday night. Yeah, and I suppose before I let you go, there was a sad news over the weekend. Liam Toohey passing away, former Ireland player and manager as well. Um, a great pal of yours. Well. Yes, indeed, and 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 Liam has, has been a pal for oh, many since nineteen sixty three when we when I when I joined Rovers first of all, and Liam was we'll never see his likes again. That's for, that's for sure because he he was just a fountain of knowledge on on practically everything. But on, in football, he was such a great footballing man. I was so proud and honoured to to have served under him at Shamrock Rovers and in the Irish team. And at Rovers, he he was absolutely immense. Uh, for the time that I was there and then with the Irish team for the two years he was manager he was brilliant but down on the South American tour down uh, in Brazil in, in 70, uh, Two. 72 yeah. and uh, I remember Ray Tracy saying to me beforehand before Liam, just as Liam was appointed that, what was he like I said uh, Liam has said is a very very fair man he's great on the game and don't try and kid him because you won't it's as simple as that if you're, if you're producing you'll be in the team yeah. if you're not producing it's a simple. You won't be. You won't be in the team. And that was Liam Toohey. But right, right through Irish soccer, he was magnificent uh, with, with the Irish youth. No matter what he turned his hand to, he was. He was. He was absolutely brilliant. It was Rovers with the with, with the Irish senior team with the youths when he brought in Brian Kerr and Noel O'Reilly. You know, it's, that was that was brilliant. He got treated very shabbily by uh, one Jack Charlton, which I spoke about at the time in back in '86, and it was absolutely disgusting what went on there. But look at Liam. Liam too. He was a, was a gentleman. Um, I'm I'm very proud of the fact that that he he was my friend. Yeah. His family are my friends, and and uh, his late wife Sheila too was an absolutely wonderful woman. And, and uh, he's going to be he's going to be very. I, well, I certainly I certainly miss him. Yeah. Uh, very very much so because he he uh, he certainly helped me in my career no end. And I I I, I thank you, Liam, for everything that you've done for me. All right. Kind words there, um, Paddy. Thanks a million for coming Not at all. My pleasure indeed, Raf. Thank you. Cheers. Paddy Mulligan speaking to Raf Diallo about the Premier League opening weekend, Dundalk in the Champions League and of course about his friend Liam Toohey who sadly passed away this weekend. Our condolences to the Toohey family and all of those in Irish football who called Liam Toohey their friend and I know that was uh, that was many people, many, many people. Um, that's it for this week. We're back next Monday. We look back on the All-Ireland football semi-final between Mayo and Tipperary and we look back on the Board Gosh Energy Under-21 semi-finals between Waterford and Antrim and Galway and Dublin 
as well as all that we'll have our usual Premier League chat with Paddy Mulligan and from myself Oshin Langan it's good luck don't forget I'll talk to you during the week on the SSE Electricity League podcast the very best of luck to, Do- to Dundalk who fo- fly the flag uh, for the League of Ireland in the Champions League this week off the ball on every night uh, this week from 7 o'clock and uh, they're on this Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 12 and I'll join you every morning this week just before half 7 and half 8 on News Talk Breakfast uh, take care good luck